Technically speaking. Welcome to our technically untechnical technology talk. A Nywick Atlantic production. Hello, I'm Chelsea, the Nywick Atlantic audiovisual specialist, social media manager, and a self-proclaimed expert in travel. And I'm Alex, part of the media engagement team and looking forward to traveling abroad someday. For those who may not know, I use a wheelchair and when I travel, my wheelchair goes into the cargo section of the plane. But airlines are working on allowing us to stay in our wheelchairs in the cabin. I take for granted how easy it is for me to travel. I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of places and I'm very excited about that. But it's so easy for me. I can just get on the plane. I can do my thing. And this is a great idea, Alex, that airlines are going to do this. And I really hope they can pull it off and you can travel with ease soon. (laughs) Definitely. I can't wait to travel one day and, and even visit our international team. That would be awesome. But until then, we have the wonderful world of technology to connect us. And we recently spoke with many members of our overseas team. That's right. And to talk about that, we've got Lieutenant Commander Trisha Wynn and Commander Alexander Williams. We also talked with Joe Walker and John Keithley from our civilian workforce all speaking about what it's like to represent Nowick Atlantic abroad. So get comfy, turn up that volume, and let's get started. So I spoke with Lieutenant Commander Wynn, who is currently in Bahrain as the officer in charge for Nowick Atlantic, and she explains why it is important for Nowick Atlantic to have a presence in the Middle East, and she vaguely touches on how we are supporting efforts with the current political climate concerning the Israel-Hamas war. Let's take a listen. Lieutenant Commander Wynn, can you tell us a little bit about what your role is overseas right now? Sure, yeah. I'm the officer in charge for the Naval Information Warfare Center Atlantic's detachment in Manama, Bahrain. I am the forward-facing element for the Naval Information Warfare Systems Command out here for the NAVCENT and Fifth Fleet organizations. So you're out in Bahrain. Where is that again? Uh, It's an island that is adjacent to Saudi Arabia and uh, across the Arabian Gulf from Iran. An island? That sounds nice. Yeah, it's pretty small. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why is it important for Nowak Atlantic to have a presence out there? To answer that question, I think we really need to um, step back and take a look at the NAVWAR Syscom as a whole, um, because the NAVWAR Syscom is meant to deliver on the information warfare capabilities to the fleet. Uh, that includes not just the warfare systems, but the business systems and the network and communication systems as well. And when you think about it, there's only about 11,000 NAVWAR Syscom military and civilians worldwide. And to really wow. put that into perspective, um, there's about 638,000 total between the active duty, ready reserve, and civilian employees in the DOD for the Navy. So we have a good chunk of that then. We Well, the math works out to about 1.72%. Well, that's why I don't uh, work in math or engineering. I just talk to everyone else who does. <laughs> so no, we have a small footprint in that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And and of that footprint, 96% is uh, stationed stateside um, in various locations. And only about 4% of us are stationed um, out in places like Bahrain. Wow. So you have a very small group with you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that number is something like 500 personnel 
overseas um, with only about 75 total uh, between the European, African, and Central theaters. Um, and that's and that math is 0.68% in case you were uh, oh, wow. wondering. <laughs> I was, I was. Thank you. <laughs> With such a small group out in Bahrain, what work are you guys doing and how is that impacting that area? Yeah, so the team out here in Bahrain specifically is a pretty small group, about 15 of us. And we support the afloat side. So think about ships in theater and what they might need, all the network support, business system supports. Uh, we have personnel called the fleet systems engineering team that routinely helps to train sailors on systems. We have install teams who come out to help maintain and modernize systems on those ships. And then a lot of the time we'll do a casualty report response. So that's if a ship has some sort of issue, they say, hey, we have this issue, and then we send out some technical personnel to help with that. So it's partially strategic for Nowak Atlantic to make sure they have people who can support the fleet in some of these areas, including where you are in Bahrain. So it's very important that your small group can maintain and support the systems in these ships. Is that correct? Yes, and we also do some shore work too. Um, we help with the administrative computer networks. We also help deal with security systems and audio and visual systems on base. And when you think about the geographical constraints, it isn't always convenient for the warfighter to ask for help for folks stateside. I mean, just as an example, it is an eight-hour difference from here to the East Coast and an 11-hour difference from here to the West Coast. So having someone here present who can respond in local time is very important. So currently, how are you impacting this climate and the current situation that we may be in right now overseas? Yeah, the geopolitical climate um, for the Middle East region specifically has been extremely tense. Uh, and there are a lot of ongoing operations, both ashore and afloat, which we support from the information warfare domain. Um, generally speaking, that would be the network and communications. Um, but beyond that, I, I cannot really say more. And how does it feel knowing that you are playing a large role in basically upstanding the Navy mission, the Nabuc Atlantic mission, especially right now with the geopolitical climate that we're in? For me personally, I just feel grateful to have this opportunity. It's very impactful to be able to see the operators on a day-to-day -day basis and talk to them and see what they're going through and to see the tangible impacts of the capability that we deliver to them. Yeah. A, a lot of people, uh, especially in our line of work with Nyweek Atlantic, where we are, you know, working on things that are mostly behind the scenes, like computer systems and programs and different technologies. Uh, it's hard to get that uh, visual and see that impact right away. So you're having a situation where you can tangibly see the effects of your work. Yes, absolutely. So what's like life like living on an island, living in Bahrain? <laughs> well, Right now, because of the situation, we're in something called restricted liberty. Uh, yeah. That means on your off time, you get to go between lodging spaces, work, which would be base, or essential activities such as groceries, 
getting gas, um, that kind of thing. So it is pretty tough out here right now. And I think that's producing some, some wear and strain for everybody here. Do you have any advice maybe to other leaders that might be in a situation of you of how to keep your crew motivated and morale uh, at a, at a higher level? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can say that from the, the Navy perspective, whenever you're in what feels like a, a groundhog day kind of situation, uh, routine is really what gets you through it. So maintaining the few comforts you have each day and then like focusing on the impacts of your mission. Yes, absolutely. It's that consistency that helps bring a little bit of mental relief, I think, to get through times like this. That's great advice and good to know. Um, Fortunately, stateside, it's not something we are going through right now, but appreciate that you and uh, the crew out there in Iowa Atlantic is, is doing it for us and really maintaining the security of this country. So that's great. Thank you. It was enlightening hearing from your perspective out in Bahrain, and I appreciate you chatting with us and kind of filling everyone in on exactly what we do and how we support in these times. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the chat. So Alex, speaking with members of our team like Lieutenant Commander Wynn reminds me how close we are to the defense of this country and kind of reminds me how far spread Nywick Atlantic is. That's cool, Chelsea. And I also got to speak with Commander Alexander Williams in Italy. He's our Nywick Atlantic officer in charge for the Europe-Africa Division. He talked to me about what the challenges are over there and some of the benefits he enjoys about being overseas. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Can you please introduce yourself and explain your position with NAWIC Atlantic? Hi, I'm Commander Alex Williams. I'm the officer in charge of NAVWAR Europe and Africa. So as the officer in charge over here, I'm responsible for coordinating the efforts in theater to ensure that our personnel have the resources and connections necessary to be effective in their project execution. I'm a local and forward-facing point of contact for customers to voice their concerns and express any feedback really following any end of project execution or the customer may have some additional issues or concerns where they want to address. And what is it like day to day for you and how you support those customers overseas? We're pretty well plugged into the different customers out here with Six Fleet and NCTS and all the different commands and region over here in Naples and folks up there in Stuttgart. We get to see the, the ins and outs of how they execute the mission and offer information warfare capabilities for the future and identify some of the gaps that could be developed. That's great. And given the global climate, what are some of the challenges you face in providing information warfare solutions? I'd say one of the biggest challenges being overseas and being with the customer is that the customer always wants the capability yesterday. So we want to deliver capabilities as fast as possible and make sure that we deliver it effectively. On a more lighter note, what drives you for being able to to be that point person overseas and and being able to support the warfighter and support our customers? Um, What drives your satisfaction while you're in that environment? I'd say really being engaged with the customer over here, being part of the operational fleet, working with them on a day-to-day basis keeps me in tune with their requirements and their needs. And it's really it's on a personal note, helpful to me and it drives me to give them the capability they desire as quick as possible. Things that they may not know exist uh, within our enterprise, 
I have access to to try to connect the dots together so that we can bring the capabilities forward to the warfighter. And as we get into this holiday season, what is it like to to live overseas? You're sort of away from your family, but sort of made uh, Italy your home away from home. Great question. So it's a little bit challenging keeping in touch with friends and family back in the United States due to the time difference of six hours from here to the East Coast and nine hours from here in Naples over to the West Coast. So keeping in touch with folks works really well through video conferencing, but you just have to plan really well on when you want to do those meetings or those those calls so that when we are getting ready to go to bed, they're just waking up over on the other side of the world. So that's a little bit of a challenge, but I'd say that thank goodness to the technology that we have these days to really stay in touch with folks. We really enjoy being over here for the travel. The work is amazing, but having the opportunity to to step away when you have some free time and go visit some of the different Christmas markets or different parts of Europe that honestly, I never thought that I would ever get an opportunity to visit at least this early in my life. That's great. Uh, no, that's a really fun way to to spend the time when you're not um, working and give you that work-life balance. Definitely. And thanks again for being a part of the podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to share? I'd just like to, to say thanks to the team, both Oconus and Conus. We over here, of course, welcome folks to come out and visit and better understand the mission and talk with the warfighter. Of course, if you're looking for a, a great opportunity to not only see the world, but work directly with warfighters. We always welcome folks over here to apply and join the team. Well, Alex, it sounded like you guys had a great chat and you learned a lot. And we wanted to make sure that we included all perspectives of our overseas team. So Alex and I reached out to some of our civilian workforce in Europe to hear what their experience is like abroad. So let's listen to this. So just to start, can you please introduce yourselves and explain your role with Maverick Atlantic and where you are currently? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, this is John Keithley. I am currently located in Stuttgart, Germany for Maverick Atlantic. I am the Overseas Engineering Competency Lead. I'm Joey Walker. I am, uh, I am the Logistics and Lifecycle Engineering Senior Competency Manager in Naples, Italy. So you guys are in Germany and Naples and you're supervisors to a lot of our employees overseas. Yep, absolutely. We're growing um, and expanding our footprint overseas in all of our locations between Naples, uh, Bahrain, and Rota uh, currently. In your opinions, why do you feel it is important for Nyack Atlantic to have a presence overseas? It's important to have our, our experts, our SME, uh, subject matter experts within Nyack Atlantic to be located in the uh, in the areas and the uh, area responsibility for the, with, that the fleet is concentrated so that we can support the mission. There are, are a lot of Navy bases actually throughout the entire region that we have projects that we execute uh, both from, um, from uh, the United States, we fly people in and then the ones that we try to support that are kind of bigger projects where we need a consistent group of people um, that are for uh, Boy, there's uh, Suda Bay, Crete. Uh, we have now uh, Romania, and we also have Poland, which are the two uh, two sites that recently come on uh, line as well. There, uh, plus there's Djibouti in Africa. So there there are a number of locations where we're executing and managing projects on a daily basis um, from the United States. But we often look at projects there. We really need a consistent person that can execute and or work directly with the warfighters that are deployed. 
I think that's really great that we're strategically located all over the world and um, appreciate that you all are there to help support the warfighter. People who come out here and actually work uh, out here get a real good sense of what it means to support the warfighter um, that you don't always get when you're back um, in the United States. Uh, here you really see it and you really feel it. You know, we are in a situation with um, supporting conflicts in, in Ukraine and conflicts uh, now and um, in Israel. Um, we feel that on a daily basis with the people that we work with and the um, the op tempo, the operational tempo that they're having to maintain and um, and asking us to continue to support. We can provide a little quicker support than we can reaching back to the uh, to the U.S. And the support we're giving, that's technical support for different technologies and programs that we've provided. Can you exp- uh, explain a little bit more about the support we give? The majority of of what we're doing is um, modernization and sustainment support for for the fleet customers. So we're we're supporting uh, the upgrades of of systems that from C4I capabilities, um, you know, comms and networks across the across the fleet, as well as um, you know, in in service sustainment um, and and maintenance support for the systems that are in the C4 or information warfare domains. And what is it like working with active duty military? How are you guys coming together to collaborate on these, you know, different projects, these information warfare solutions? Most of the military out here rotate in and out. Uh, some are on two-year tours, some are on three years, even in um, Bahrain uh, specifically, they may only be there for a year. So there's a high turnover. Um, and one of the nice things about us being out here is a, a, often the people that are out here, because we have the ability to be here at a minimum three years, but we can go to five years uh, out here in the overseas environment. Uh, we can become that consistency in the project execution um, as the military rotates in and out. Many of our projects last anywhere from a year to sometimes two years uh, in the execution phase, and you may see two or three different uh, military people during that time on that project. So it's definitely a different environment. Um, and then you also have things that uh, occur, uh, real-world events that occur, and you have to learn how to navigate and work that with the the military customer as well. Yeah, and, and like I, as John said, to add to that, working in the States previously, primarily for the first you know 20 years of my career, um, you know the the engagement with the fleet customer was was uh, limited. Uh, the majority of the interactions we had were internal with Navwar and Nawik uh, teammates, and then here it's the complete opposite. The majority of the interaction is with the customer that's that's actually utilizing the the technologies that we provide. Has that helped with your collaboration to be so close to the military? Absolutely, yes, it does help. Um, it's been eye-opening for me. Great. One of the funny things we laugh about over here, um, you might not see the customer for two days, but then you'll see them in the in the um, food court on the base. Yes. And you get hit up about an issue, and you so you end up doing as much work in the food court or in the in the um, in the exchange or in the uh, in the uh, commissary or the you know the grocery store. Right. You run into customers all the time, so it's it's not like you're you're part of the community when you're overseas, and you're part of that group. And sometimes uh, that interaction is uh, very different than what you get in the U.S. Speaking about 
being overseas? What is it like to, to live there versus here in the United States? I said, this is my first experience, uh, my first overseas tour. So the culture and the environment here in Naples is, of course, a whole lot different than what I was you know, used to back in Charleston and back in the States. But, um, you know, I can say that the, the military and the um, the footprint here is very close knit. You know, it's kind of a family between the the people who are deployed here from a, a forward deployed standpoint. But the benefit to being here is being able to get out and see, you know, things that some folks don't get to see uh, maybe once in a lifetime. It sounds like the cultural difference is uh, the gap is bridged a bit by the kind of family you make being out there together with the military and on that base. So like the people around you become sort of an extended family to get you through holidays and different parts where you may be missing home. Yeah, I did totally agree with that. Um, this was my second tour overseas. One of the things you learn when you're out here is that you lose that extended family that you have back in the U.S., but you build a brand new extended family because, uh, you know, we have... Um, close to, I think, 29 people here in Stuttgart, Germany. And we as a group constantly do things together. The bases do a good job of trying to help um, create that, especially around holidays um, for the members that are actually here. So you have both your your new internal family of uh, co-workers, and then you have the extended military community. I'm so glad to hear this. Um, I used to be active duty Air Force and was stationed overseas just for a little bit, um, actually in Turkey, in Interlake, Turkey. And that's how I felt. It was very much a lot of events on base, a lot of a family that you create that seems to be a common thread whenever you're overseas, whether uh, no matter what branch of military in. So I'm so glad that as civilians, you're experiencing that same feeling. So that's great. Is there anything else you guys would like to add just in general about Nywick Atlantic's mission and your experiences overseas? So I would just add, like I said, that, you know, from my perspective, I've done a, my first 20 years of my career being, you know, Kona based And like I said, having that interaction, this has been, uh, you know, an eye-opening experience as, the, you know, seeing the being here at the tip of the spear with the with the customers and, and seeing how they um, you know actually exercise and utilize the capabilities that we provide them. Well, thank you both for joining us today and sharing your experiences working abroad. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Thanks. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you very much. Alex, speaking with both our military and civilian workforce abroad was so eye-opening. They have different but similar experiences, and the big thing is they have a common goal. Yes, it's amazing to see the global impact of Milik Atlantic from all over the world, and so we are able to really make an impact on providing information warfare solutions, and um, it's amazing to see that. That's important work that we do. As always, for the latest news and events at NIWIC Atlantic, check out our social medias under NAVWAR or our NIWIC Atlantic website. Links are in the description. We appreciate you for listening and tune in next time. If you have a tip or story that you think should be included in this podcast, please contact us at our public affairs email address, which is listed in the description. Naval Information Warfare Center Atlantic, also known as NIWIC, is the East Coast branch of the Naval Information Warfare Systems Command within the Department of the Navy. We develop a range of technologies that provide state-of-the-art capabilities to the United States military.